Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all well. Good evening. Thank you for joining me tonight. This is our first live back since the Bust Your Blind Spots Bootcamp. And can I say, how much fun was it? I hope you guys were on it. Chuck me some comments if you are on and you were part of the Bust Your Blind Spots Bootcamp because I want to know if you had fun, if you enjoyed it or if you caught some of it because guess what? It's coming back. There was always going to come back. It's about to be, it's about launching every few months so that everyone gets the opportunity to work on a problem, the same problem, whatever you want at the end of the day. So if you are on, please send me a little wave so I know. Um, you will now know that the Me, Myself and I program has been released and is available for you to join through each boot camp. However, in saying that, um, if you want to do something different right now, don't wait. Just book in for the free 15-minute consult to discuss if the program is right for you. It's not a sign up and join as you pay uh, if you want to pay because it doesn't work like that. We've got to work, make sure that it does work for you. So everyone starts with the six steps to clarity. So if you are able, you are able to join pretty much at any stage. It provides a very structured framework. So each stage must be completed before you enter the next. And this is so that it supports you and sets you up for success, which is what I want for you. We will be running the boot camp approximately every eight weeks. And the next one is set for May and we're just finalising the date. So I will let you know what these are in the next few weeks. And I'm super excited to say that um, through our first cohort of members are set up and ready to start. The program begins on Monday. Woohoo! I'm excited about this. And I'm really proud of this program and the incredible clients who put their faith in the process and have jumped into a six-month support program. That is going to be amazing. So stay tuned. A very big welcome to everyone joining us for the first time and for the regular crew. So I'm glad to see you guys are back on board. For those of you who do not know me, I am V Vinci. I'm a registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. Uh, I help people rebuild healthy minds and lives by identifying the core behaviours that need to be addressed in order for real lasting change to occur. I am a passionate advocate for good quality mental health well-being and I want to do that to avoid mental health problems. I encourage and empower personal growth and just want you to live your life fully and authentically at the best of the, at the end of the day. So the community is all about learning and connecting in a way that is far less formal than traditional counselling 
but is certainly underpinned by the principles that I work with. And you're going to find all the episodes available in the guides and also on iTunes with the podcast. And if you have been watching, you will see that we did over a thousand downloads this week. So that is super cool. Thank you. Um, I love it. In fact, we've probably gotten closer to 1500 now, but apparently they sent me a little thousand badge. So that was cool. Anyway, one of the main and important things for you to know is that all the information is solidly backed up by science so that you're not simply getting an opinion. Um, and the psychology is important because what's happening helps you understand yourself more so that you do something differently to get a different outcome. Now, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that what was really important for the new members was to go into the topics where you are, not necessarily where I'm at. So I want to explain that again, because if you did the boot camp last week or two weeks ago now, you'll be in a slightly different space to where you started. And that's both great and not so great, because sometimes you what you see means that you will never unsee it. So now you are left with what the hell do I do with it? The program offers all sorts of support for that, but not everyone will want to join the program or be ready for it just yet. And that is perfectly fine. Remember, I work with where you are, not where I want you. So the thing is, is that the community and the topics can actually support you along the way because just start at the beginning. You know, by all means, join me each week, but make the rest of the week about catching up on a topic a week, last year's topics especially, because they are full of information, uh, explanations and tips that help you to navigate big feelings. So again, meet me where you are, not where I'm at. So I hope that makes sense to you. Rounding out the year. We started in January where we looked at everything to do with New Year, New You, and the myth behind New Year's resolutions. Feb saw us move into what I termed falling off the wagon and looked at how easy it is to become overwhelmed and the behaviours that come out that we may not necessarily uh, realise and it looks at mindset shifting. So March opened up a new month that I called KISS and we looked at chunking. So we had the first part of the year was spent chunking up where I wanted you to look at where are you heading towards and then we started to chunk down where we break them down into smaller achievable sections to avoid overwhelm because let's face it, overwhelm is shit. We then introduced the vital ingredient that you will need to take those small achievable steps and act on them, the momentum, which is not to be confused with motivation. Motivation is the why of change, momentum is the how. Finally, I introduced the psychology of achievement, which was really, really good. And I've had a few people comment on this. So we looked at achievement from an internal perspective rather than the external, which often recognises a result by, you know, who gets the highest or who's at the top. The language for internal success is changed slightly from achievement to accomplishment, which means that we may not always see a result immediately. And that's what's going to lead us into our subject matter tonight. When we get to this time of the year and we've actually stayed the course and put the effort into something and it doesn't work, well, we often fall victim to failure or a sense of failure or worse still, a fear of failure. So failure is usually a demoralising and upsetting experience. You, you cannot always control whether difficult things happen to you in life but you can control to a large extent how you react to them. 
So failure makes your mind trick you into believing things that aren't true. So unless you learn to respond to failures in an adaptive way, they will paralyze you, demotivate you and limit your likelihood of success going forward. Okay, so remember, we're looking at internal success. Psychologically speaking, the most important thing to do after a failure is to understand its impact, how it affects your thoughts, feelings and behaviours and use your remaining effort to start again differently. So starting again is the hardest bit. Why? Well, by now we're probably tired. We're often frustrated that things aren't going the way we planned or wanted them to and confused because we have no idea what we need to do differently. And this is the main premise behind the Bust Your Blind Spots bootcamp. We often don't know what to do differently because there's a blind spot. We have it when it comes to the most important thing to do. Understand the impact of failure and use it to know what went wrong and then use that to change something. This then means that there are no failures, there are only learnings. So let's talk a little about the problems with failure. So number one, failure makes the same goal seem less attainable. In other words, failure automatically distorts your perceptions of your goals and makes them seem like you can't achieve them. So make sure you note the word distort. Your goals are just as attainable as they were before you failed. It's only your perception that has changed. And that's one of the big areas we worked with in the blind spot. It's about perception. I think we said somewhere that the problem is not necessarily the problem. It's how you view the problem that becomes the problem. So number two, failure also distorts your perception of your abilities. So in the same way as it makes your goals seem out of reach, failure also distorts your view of your actual abilities by making you feel less up to the task. It hits the old, I'm not good enough button. And once you fail, if you failed, you are likely to assess your skills and capabilities incorrectly and see them as significant, significantly weaker than what they actually are. So it means that if you've, you've made a mistake or you, you didn't achieve something, rather than go, oh, shit, I need to do that differently, we tend to go, shit, I ain't doing that again. Okay, so knowing this and correcting it for in your mind is important because by making you devalue your abilities, Number three pops up. Number three is that failure makes you believe you're helpless. One of the most common and strongest feelings people have after failing is help, um, helplessness. So failure causes an emotional wound. Your mind responds to this wound by trying to get you to give it up so that it doesn't get wounded again. And it's the best way of getting you to give up is to make you feel helpless, right? By making you feel as if there is nothing you can do to succeed, your mind might avoid future failures, but you will be also robbed of successes, which is why we must not always listen to our feelings. I often say to my clients, just because you feel it doesn't make it true. And the same goes for our thoughts. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. Why? Because this is not the only way your mind can work against you. And that brings us into number four. A single failure experience 
can create an unconscious fear of failure. The problem with most fears of failure is that they're unconscious, which means you're not actually dealing with whether the fear is real, reasonable or even likely, which then means that you're not addressing how to increase your likelihood of success. You're just trying to avoid feeling bad if you fail, so you stop trying. The unconscious focuses on avoiding future failure rather than securing future success. And this is all about the mindset shift. Remember the saying, you will attract your most predominant thought. And this leads us nicely into number five. Fear of failure often leads to unconscious self-sabotaging. Sorry, nearly dropped that cup of, cup of tea there. Now, one of the most common ways people try to buffer themselves against the pain of future failing is by self-handicapping. So creating excuses and situations that can justify why they failed. So these kind of behaviours often turn into self-fulfilling prophecies because they sabotage your efforts and increase the likelihood of failure. It's important to recognise that such unconscious fears become something in sight we call a family virus. All right, so number six, fear of failure can be transmitted from parents to children. So that means that you can transmit to your children or you'd ask yourself, did my parents transmit their fear of failure onto me? Because studies show that parents who have a fear of failure unwittingly transmit it to their children by their reactions. So they can react harshly to failure or they can withdraw emotionally when their children fail, unconsciously telling them that failure is unacceptable. This is more to do with their inability to manage watching you fail. But you failing at times is actually the gift in learning what you're going to need for your life. We've got a whole generation of kids that haven't learnt some things that are necessary for adulting. The other impact this has on our children, if passed on unconsciously, is the pressure to succeed increases performance anxiety and causes what we call choking. So when a golfer misses um, a, a, an easy putt or a bowler, you know, like when you're bowling and you gutter at the gutter the last ball or a, or a singer totally misses the note, right, at the end of an audition or something. It's because performance pressure has caused them to choke. Now, we can look at these examples and go, well, I'm not that special. I don't do any of those things. But choking happens when the pressure to succeed makes you overthink something your brain already knows how to do. Now, as a result, you add an unnecessary correction that throws your brain off and screws everything up. Choking is embarrassing and incredibly frustrating, uh, frustrating, but it's also avoidable because it involves overthinking. Now, let me tell you, while the percentage of people I work with may not um, hang out with Taylor Swift or Tiger Woods, they have one thing in common, overthinking. So while choking refers to automatic tasks like those involved in sport, in sport or performance, another common factor that causes is lapses in willpower. And these typically occur not because the person lacks willpower, but because you need to understand how willpower operates. Willpower is like a muscle. 
it needs rest and glucose to function best. So much like muscles can become fatigued when they are overused, when your willpower fails you, it's because it's most likely overworked and undernourished. Our brains require glucose to operate and when they don't have enough of it, our cognitive resources like attention and concentration or our um, functioning, our ability, which helps with planning and decision-making, all begin to drop and willpower drops with it. This is why crash diets often end in binging. They deplete a person's willpower so severely that they lose their self-control all at once and eat everything in sight. It's also why we head for the chocolate or the biscuit at three o'clock in the afternoon. We just, our willpower is waning. What we need to do at times like that is actually allow ourselves time to rest, have a bit of a rest. Even at work, it's, I'm not saying go and have a kip in the back of the office, but it needs to have a rest. We Not many offices nowadays are going to really get annoyed if you stop for five minutes and meditate if you have to or whatever it is. Go and look out the window, have a cup of cup, cup of tea, cup of coffee. Tea break is easy, but it needs to be consciously and intentionally done with the intention that you're not going to feel like a bag of shit. You're just going to take the time because it replenishes your brain. You're feeding your brain. We must, we need to be aware of how much effort and willpower we exert during the day and make sure to rest or eat or be ready to move and revisit your motivations. Remember, this is the why. When you begin to feel your willpower fading, that's when you need to go back and ask, why am I doing this? Oh, that's right. You've got to connect back into that. That then creates your momentum, okay? Now, the psychologically healthiest response to failure is to focus on variables in your control. Failure can make you feel demoralized, helpless, hopeless, and anxious, both consciously and unconsciously, but you can fight back. Break down the task or the goal in question to those aspects that are, are in your control and those that are not. And then focus solely on the aspects that are in your control. We handled this in the Bust Your Blind Spots boot camp. So feeling in control is a literal antidote to feelings of helplessness. And they will motivate you to try again. And that will minimize your chance of failure. But more importantly, increase your likelihood of success. So can you then go through the list of aspects that aren't in your control and figure out how to take control? Yes, if it's attached only to what you can do. For example, by improving your skill set or utilising planning for you, looking at how you respond or respect, uh, react in your relationships or increasing your knowledge, absolutely you can do that. Some things will not be in our control ever and it's important to know what is and what isn't and then you can look at, well, what can I shift by doing something differently for me? They're the only things that you can influence. If you go, well, this is in my control if, you know, little Johnny does this, you're working outside of your control because we can't make little Johnny do nothing. All right. And this, my friends, leads us to probably the most important point in this topic. According to research, the fear of failure is directly linked to our sense of self-worth. 
So think about that. Possibly one of the biggest requests that walks into my office, I need help with my self-worth or I have no self-worth. One of the ways we protect our self-worth is by believing we are competent. And that means that we are, when we realise that we are capable and of our abilities and we've got the abilities to do it. And what is more, our self-worth is um, sort of solidified by believing it ourselves and then convincing others of it too. For this reason, the ability to achieve is critical in maintaining self-worth. To fail to perform essentially means that we are not able and therefore not worthy. But the research found if a person doesn't believe he or she has the ability to succeed, then that person will engage in practices that seeks to preserve their self-worth. And more often than not, these practices take the form of excuses or defence mechanisms to, to not take the, um, the, the risk. And so when you don't take the risk, what is guaranteed is failure because nothing will change. So when it comes to dealing with failure, most people can be grouped into one of four categories. You've got success-oriented people. They are the people who love learning for the sake of learning. They see failure as a way to improve rather than a slight on their value as a human being. The next group you've got is overstrivers. So these people are so afraid of failing that they avoid it at all costs, even if it means pushing themselves beyond what is reasonably expected. Next one you've got is failure avoiding. These people who don't expect to succeed, they just want to avoid failing. And in order to do that, they frequently make excuses, procrastinate or simply do not participate. The final group is failure accepting. So these are the people who have given up trying to succeed altogether. And unsurprisingly, these are the most difficult people to motivate and to find motivation because they've internalised failure. They now believe they are a failure rather than their actions contributed to it or their actions can change it. So seeing failure as connected to your sense of self-worth or lack thereof puts it into perspective. By making our self-worth contingent, on categories such as academic success, appearance or popularity, we fail to value ourselves solely for the fact that we are human beings and accept that failure is a part of the human experience. So ultimately the gift of failure, learning from mistakes, is, is that. It's literally the gift of failure is learning from your mistakes. Your biggest failure could be the one thing that teaches you something that will catapult you into your next huge success. So think about that. The faster we can train our brains to push forward the learning after a failure, the faster you'll find yourself leaping forward. And so I'll leave you with a little quote I'm going to show you from my new Bible. This is my new Bible at the moment uh, by Glenn Lutz. Go fuck, I mean, find yourself. A quote to end the night. The crap you buy won't fill the void. Keep fucking pushing. As usual, you guys have been awesome. Thank you. Um, download the podcast, rewatch the video. I'll see you next week.